Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, yes, we say that uh, almost every week. I did miss a couple of weeks just uh, not too long ago. This is Chuck Bartok uh, visiting with you for the 285th time on You Can Build It, Your Business. Uh, we've been kind of all over the place in the last couple of years talking about things marketing, uh, direct sales, on or offline, the actual building of a business, and I want to qualify that statement, a business. Um, I keep seeing on the Internet, you know, uh, what company are you with, uh, uh, things of that nature, but uh, uh, we, we've tried, and we're not disparaging that, but we try to, uh, get people to think in terms of the mindset of a business person. You may affiliate yourself with companies, but um, uh, a business person stands on their own two feet. And tonight we have a couple of people on the call. Uh, Jeff just joined us, not live, but he will probably in a while. And Bo Carlisle is joining us from somewhere out on the road. Bo Carlisle, who's visited us before shared a wonderful story with me prior to pushing the button to start the show. And uh, Bo is a business person. He, he is actually involved in several businesses, one of which is the method that he has chosen to use to provide regular sustenance, regular income, to uh, help manage the growth and, and happiness of his family. Now, he probably won't stay in that business forever, or he might. And uh, Bo also is involved of marketing products that he believes in on an affiliate basis. Uh, defined simply, uh, just, there's different venues, but defined simply that Bo, uh, when somebody says yes, uh, Bo gets a piece of the pie. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we used to call those things commissions. And uh, we know that uh, throughout history, the commissioned salesperson is probably the most heavily compensated person on a regular basis in the business community. Uh, with the exception of recently, we have uh, doted on people of, you know, athletes and some CEOs who, uh, Lord knows why, but I'm not going to go there who are paid in some ways obscene amounts of money for that which they're responsible for. Uh, and, and we can go on forever on that. But if you want to talk about income, steady income, steady meaning a professional salesperson knows that they're going to get their yeses and those yeses turn into money, uh, the reason they've done that is they've developed skills and are constantly tuning their skills and and being able to adapt to new things that come along. Now, Jeff's on the line, and Jeff and Bo, both of them have unique stories right now uh, about changes in how they're applying their businesses. But I want to emphasize today the, the topic that I publicized is selling. And if anybody listening to this program today, tomorrow, in the future has any objection to the word selling, that's with a big, bold, capital S-E-L-L-I-N-G, I suggest you don't listen any further. Uh, I suggest if you have aspirations in, to be in business, I suggest that you may want to change that direction because without the sale, there is no business. I know of no business today that can operate without somebody saying yes to a solution of a problem that the business provides. I know that sounds convoluted, but stop and think about it. A restaurant can't survive unless people walk in the door and choose something off the menu, eat it, feel sated, and leave their money and go. Now, how a restaurant sells their food 
can can come from many venues. But it's interesting that the repeat customers, which are the cheapest customers, the most profitable customers to any business, repeat customers, are those that are completely satisfied and enjoyed a pleasant environment. Uh, You might get people coming in the door the first time. If the food stinks, the atmosphere is lousy, and the help stinks, you have gotten their money correct. But you're going to have to spend an inordinate amount of time getting more of those people to replace that person that came in once and isn't coming back. This is a theme that we've carried through this program for 285 weeks. Uh, I'm going to dwell on it some more. But first of all, I want the audience to, to listen to a couple of new things that Bo Carlisle and Jeff Beeman have recently been involved in. And I will emphasize, and I'm sure they're going to back me up, that what they're doing is predicated on sales. That's S-A-L-E-S. And it's predicated on selling, S-E-L-L-I-N-G. Defined by me and other people is nothing more than someone providing a solution to a problem that somebody else has in the best possible way. So, Bo, uh, where are you talking to us from out there on on the road? I'm in the great state of Connecticut right now. All right, all right. That's a little bit far from home, huh? Ah, a few hundred miles. A few hundred <laughs> miles. Well, Bo, you were sharing with me something, and, and I, again, we those of you that have listened to this program before know that Bo has a, a quite a diversity of business. But he, what he explained to me is he bought a new system. Now, that sounds like it's very ominous and might cost a lot of money. Bo, why don't you share a decision that you made to help grow your business, one of your businesses? Um, yesterday, I decided to, um, to you know, I, I got word of a new lease company that was out there. And, you know, the lease were, you know, very inexpensive or whatever. Um, I got some aged 61 to 90-day-old leads from this lease company, and the leads were basically a penny apiece. You know, and I thought, you know, whatever, you know, it's their opinion piece. So, a roundabout story, um, I sent out, I got 225 leads in two different area codes in the state of Maryland. Uh, I sent out a text blast to 225 people. I had um, 24 people respond uh, for more information. Uh, I replied back with a website. I had, um, you know, several people look at the website. I had seven people enroll. And then um, and part of the text message was the address to an opportunity meeting or what we call a company overview. And so I invited the people that signed up out to the overview. Well, of the seven I invited, three showed up, and two of the three had guests. We, um, they sat, you know, I introduced them to some of the leaders that were there in town, some of the top earners in the company that actually attend some of the meetings around the country. And... Um, Basically, um, they sat through the overview or whatever, and their guests actually enrolled the same night. So yesterday my business grew not only uh, through addition, um, but it also grew through multiplication. Um, Addition being I added seven new business partners um, yesterday and also added two additional new business partners uh, through a second second or third level of my business. so yesterday wasn't too shabby of a day. Uh, the commission that I earned for enrolling seven people with our service, not recruiting, we don't make a dime off of recruiting anyone. Uh, I guess that's what makes an opportunity legitimate uh, these days. And uh, I made about $1,400 off of uh, enrolling those seven new people with their with the, with the membership. And of the two people that enrolled uh, underneath, they sold membership. So I made about 100 and uh, about 150 each, so 300 dollars in uh, you know Resist- override, override override commission for um, for basically sponsoring these seven people. Um, can, can I? Uh, there's a couple of words that you said that I'd like. You know, we have audience from all walks of life and experience sure. levels. You started off with the statement that you bought leads, and you used the word aged leads. You paid a whopping one cent a piece for them, so my math tells me you spent two dollars and twenty-five cents. Is that correct? That is correct. Can you define for our audience today, tomorrow, in the future, what you define or what is a lead? Um, a lead is basically someone that has gone to a website, 
Um, there's probably about a dozen legitimate lead vendors out there, and they actually put websites out there. And so when someone searches on Google or Yahoo or whatever, uh, work from home, uh, home-based business, or career, you know, career change, or you know, any any combination of whatever keywords they've got that are coming to their site, they fill out a form. Uh, some of the forms are short form, which is basically their name, their phone number, their address. Uh, I mean, their name, phone, and email. And then a long form would be more of add addition to that. It would add their address and their um, um, maybe their gender and uh, a few questions or whatever it might ask them. But uh, an age lead is basically a lead that's not, as soon as that form is submitted, that's called a real-time lead. Right. Uh, once that lead gets to... Uh, one day old uh, or zero to three days old, they call that a fresh lead, which means it, it was more than a couple hours ago that it got filled out. And a lot of lead companies don't sell leads that are entered into the computer from midnight to 6 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. So they sell those as fresh leads, even though they're only zero days old. The next morning, they'll sell those to people as fresh leads at a reduced price. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, uh, according to this particular lead vendor I'm using, uh, selfserveleads.com at self, S-E-L-F, serve, S-E-R-V-E, leads, L-E-A-D-S.com. It is, there is no affiliate program attached with this particular company because they want to keep the cost of the leads mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. close to zero as possible. Uh, I even uh, emailed the owner of the company. I said, do you, have a, do you have an affiliate program? And he said, absolutely not. It's not my business model. We don't even make any money on the leads. We sell them at cost. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and so... And so that was impressive to me um, that I did get a response back from the lead owner uh, of that particular site. But you basically can go on there, grab an area code, grab a state, grab an, you know, however many leads you want. You know, you have to load $20 in your account. And then after you load the $20 in your account, you just basically pick whatever lead you want. And as soon as you get done, they're right there available in an Excel CSV format. You can download to your computer and upload them into a um, – any type of call program or whatever. Um, there's a couple out there um, that are for the industry or whatever. Uh, I can I can name a few if you want. Uh, no, sorry. Let people let people do their walking, you know, if they're interested. But they're not affiliate programs either, uh, as well. So uh, I, I kind of like recommending these two. Okay, well, go ahead and yell out a couple. Uh, one of them is uh, Callfire.com. Um, you basically do the same thing. You can you know, load a few dollars on there and try the system, and it's around 2 to $3 an hour mm-hmm. uh, for as long as you want to dial. You load your leads in through a CSV file. And then the other one is uh, phoneburner.com, and um, it's uh, a set monthly fee, uh, $65 for seven and a half hours a month, or you can pay unlimited for around $150. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those those two, two right there are one. But I actually found a program on the Android phone only. It's called My Sales Dialer. You can search it in the market. MySalesDollar.com is their website, um, and it's 19.99 one time, and then you just use your minutes on your phone. So if you have unlimited minutes on your phone or whatever, it uses the minutes on your phone, so you're not paying by the minute. Right. Uh, and it'll also allow you to do text blasts and email blasts within the app. Mm-hmm. So instead of me sitting here, you know, and yesterday I did the test. Instead of calling 225 leads, I was on a time crunch trying to see how many people I could get to come to the business overview. And so I sent out the text blast uh, through the SMS feature in the app, and that's how I was able to get the response that I got. That's because I was able to get the information to everyone, you know, in a timely manner. Uh, and, and they were able to visit a website, review some information, and then they got back with me well before I got back with them, uh, which was you know, the other way around, most people, the technology is changing. It, it used to be, Chuck, that you and I used to, have to pick up the phone and call all those 225 people, and you have to hand out, you would have to hand out all the numbers. Right. Well, what my, what my sales dollar or all these other apps, have, uh, these other computer version apps have done is eliminate the, the errors that you could potentially make by misdialing or dialing a wrong number, and, and that saves you 10 to 15 seconds per wrong number that you're having to redial. Right. And uh, with the system doing it, you know, it rings. I let it ring three or four times. Press one button, send an email to that person. Go on to the next number. You know, I don't play around and hang on to that same number. You know, after three ring, what three four rings takes what ten seconds? 
You know, so if it if nobody answers, I get one button and it sends them an email and a text message, and boom, I go to the next number. Right. And so, you know, in in 60 seconds, I might call four people. You know, uh, so you can condense time frames. Um, but I was really passionate about helping the people get started in their new business, and also help them get paid and promoted. Um, we've got you know overviews coming up for these people that just got started, so they can get started right. Right. And, um, you know, and, and so that way they can grow their, their, their broker, you know, their business with uh, the company that I'm working with. So. Let's go back a minute. And, and again, uh, th- there's there's some things. And I, I know Bo. Jeff knows Bo. We have guest five with us today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what Bo's talking about is something that most people beginning, and I'm going to qualify this, uh, may find it not as rewarding uh, there was something that, that uh, Bo mentioned that I don't know if the audience picked up on. He's on the road driving a big rig. The, one of the companies he represents has meetings geographically around the area. Bo, through proper planning and running his business as a business, knew that, purchased leads geographically in an area that he knew he was going to be that evening because of his other business. Okay, I, I don't want people out there to think this all fell into his lap. It did not. It happened because a business person followed a system that they know works. The newness of it were the leads that he purchased. And I want to just wrap for a minute on this. Uh, there's so much argument on the Internet. You should never buy leads. You only want to buy new leads. You, only... you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's all a bunch of crock. What you want to do is present what you have to present to people who want to hear it as economically and as potentially rewarding as possible. The presentation, that initial presentation, is not as relevant as what happens afterward. What Bo explained to you, his success is because of what happened afterward not because an automated system did this. And the reason the people responded back to Bo was because of the presentation that he crafted. His website that tells his story. He had people that said, you mean that really happened to you? So they're talking to a real person. Yes, the automated system started it. I'm not arguing that. But it was that real person connection. It was the salesmanship that gave Bo seven new associates and two new associates through those new associates. So again, Bo's experience tells us literally every day, 24 hours a day throughout the world, there are people waiting to hear from a business person with a presentation that solves a problem for them at the right time. So again, going back to leads, to me a lead is somebody who, if a person fills out a lead, most of the time at that moment, they had an interest. Now the aged leads, several of these people that Bo will be connecting with don't remember doing that. Bo doesn't care. What he cared about is the seven people who contacted him back. That's the secret to it. And, of course, the fact that he has a program, he's involved in a program that is in the fore of the mindset of many people throughout the United States because of the nature of our government, the nature of of the Internet, the things that Internet can do to us, uh, 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 what's the word I want, derogatorily, the fact that identity is something that's valuable and can easily be uh, compromised. And Bo happens to be affiliated with, for many years, prior to the Internet, with a company that has solutions for that. And we're not here to uh, give advertisement for it because that's not relevant right now. What's relevant is selling. Jeff Beeman, uh, thank you very much, Bo, for that, that great story. Jeff Beeman, I, I see on the you suddenly have jumped into a, quote, new direction in, in, in a, an old business, again, in the area of selling. And uh, I understand from what I've been reading on social media that, uh, uh, that, that you seem to be enjoying some success. Do you want to share a little bit about, uh, Jeff, how, how you 
saw this and, and what kind of an evolution is happening to you? Hey, Chuck. Uh, yeah, hey, Bo. How are you tonight? Also, haven't hey. talked to you for a while. Pretty good, pretty good. Good. Uh, yeah, what I've uh, done, Chuck, is just basically opened up a store, uh, you know, gotten back more to uh, the roots of retail. Mm-hmm. And uh, utilizing the internet to open that store for product sales, mm-hmm. and uh, learning how to, uh, you know, the same thing as a shop owner out on the street that's going to hang up a sign and say, "Here's my general store." Right. Uh, you know, learning a little bit more about advertising, learning a little bit more about uh, uh, marketing, but applying that to the internet, uh, you do still get into some keyword research and and stuff like that. But uh, I'm utilizing. The, one of the websites or companies that's been out there for several years now, and a lot of people kind of uh, have put it on the back burner, but there's still, on the other hand, there's still probably thousands of people out there that make huge amounts of money from, and um, you know that company's eBay. Uh, I basically started reselling on eBay um, from garage sale and yard sale treasures, and uh, then I started exploring other ways that people uh, use that site to sell items and have uh, pretty much moved into a, uh, what's considered what's called drop shipping. Mm-hmm. And um, it's working really well. I mean, it's just, it's amazing when you, when you get, a, when you try to change your mindset to say, okay, I need to, I need to really be a business owner here and I need to really sell product and I need to understand what I'm selling and how to sell it, um, as you've talked about all these years that I've that I've been around, uh, been around you, and um, you know, just getting yourself into that business person mindset, saying, okay, this is what we've got to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Um, you know, here you go. So that, that's what I've been doing. Okay, Je- Jeff I, is I'm currently kind of... selling on on eBay. So. Okay, but but this isn't isn't this interesting? I I, I have a a good eBay background and eBay uh, has generously provided a tidy income for several years until I chose to go in a different direction. I, these are my decisions, not, not because it was a failure. It's just that I, I got tired of it, I guess, you know, I mean, that that's okay. It's okay to sell your business, but uh, I've heard people tell me, Oh, you can't make any money doing that. I've heard people tell me that, uh, you know, well, everybody's doing that. Everybody's drop shipping. And you know, there's just too many people involved in that, and so on. And here's what I've observed, and I think Jeff is learning this, and I know Bo has a handle on this. Jeff said something in that little monologue that he's learning how to advertise, and he's learning how to subtly make sure that his story is going to be seen first, second, or third. Those are the subtleties of learning. Those are the things that take time and energy, not necessarily the the investment of a lot of capital, but definitely the investment of time and energy and being willing to listen. As Jeff was on a webinar uh, before he he joined us here on this call to help fine tune a skill set instead of watching the basketball game or whatever sports on the television now. Uh, So eBay has been... Uh, it's a proven, successful business model. I'm going to share a story with you. A buddy of mine, uh, you've heard me mention Ralph Ding is the car salesman, right? Most of you know that uh, he and his wife lost their beautiful home uh, to a fire, I mean to the ground. And they're going through the, the trials and tribulations of settling through that and building a new home. Well, most of you know that when your house burns down, you don't have a place to live, Correct. And your insurance company will sit down and do everything they can to give you the least possible cost to them settlement to to live. In their case, because they have 31 horses on their property, they couldn't rent a house in town. So the insurance company provided them a fifth-wheel trailer. And a 39-foot fifth-wheel trailer is very difficult to live in when you come out of a 4,000-square-foot house, okay? I mean, (laughs) when you're not used to being that close to your wife, I mean, you know, and husband, it's a different... Anyway... <clears throat> to make a long story short, the insurance company said, listen, uh, well, the trader was leaking and the winter's setting in, and the insurance company said, we'll rent you a house in town. And Ralph said, uh, no, but I'll tell you what, you're willing to pay me $2,500 a month 
to, to rent a house in town. Uh, why don't we just settle right now on a cash lump sum? Uh, they settled on the house for $500,000. And so make a long story short, the insurance company said, well, good, we'll write you a check for $25,000. Uh, and, you know, we don't have to worry about your living anymore. Well, Ralph's an intelligent person. He and his wife have always wanted a nice motor home. So you know where this story's going, everybody? The bottom line is that Ralph and Shauna went on eBay. In fact, they were at our house and we were watching. The, they bought a $35,000 motor home in Ralph's in the automobile business, the low book on this is $45,000. Now, he had the cash to make a decision. But eBay is not just Christmas trinkets. And I have learned and met people, and I'm sure Jeff is also, who do nothing but sell high-ticket items on eBay. Okay, Not just their own, but provide a service for other people. For instance, if you let it known that you knew how to sell motorhomes on eBay, you could be selling motorhomes through your pages that belong to somebody else, and there's a way that you do all this legally, and uh, you get a spiff, a percentage of the sale of that home. And there's actually people, isn't that correct, Jeff, that, that are, we might call them eBay brokers. Now, eBay is changing some of its systems, we know that, to the to the good, but Again, these people are business people who think with a business mindset. Jeff, you're getting drop shipping. What are you learning about the drop shipping business? Uh, well, there is there is a lot of competition in it. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Um, biggest, uh, uh, I don't know. I guess the biggest thing I've, I'm learning is that t- taking some of my internet marketing training and putting that towards. Um, because there's a lot of competition and you run across a lot of the same items uh, or category of items being sold, it doesn't matter what their price is. What matters is, uh, number one, your customer service, your ability to show that you are a, a good eBay person, uh-huh. but also just the fact of having a, a title with the right keywords in it for, for searches when people are looking for various things on eBay that they come across your stuff first. You know, that's, that's the biggest lesson learned uh, as far as the drop shipping is concerned. Uh-huh. And you're very correct on also the fact that, and I don't, see, I don't know, I suppose there there's probably are a lot of people that still do what you were talking about as far as maybe a uh, contract type situation mm-hmm. where, uh, I mean, I've done a little bit of it. Somebody will say, hey, can you sell this for me on eBay? I'll say, okay, well, yeah. I can sell it for you. It's going to cost you this, and I'll take five percent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so there's still people. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if as many people are doing it because it used to be you could even see a store. You could drive around towns and see somebody displaying an eBay sign that they were an eBay, right. eBay broker right. or something like that. I'm not seeing that so much anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's still a viable option as well. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me on drop shipping, what I've learned though, doesn't matter what. It, it, the same object, plenty of the same product on there, different price levels for them. As long as you're offering a fair price and putting in a correct title, if they're going to find you in the search, more than likely you're going to sell your item. So again, it's selling, correct? It is. It is. But but you're not doing it verbally. You're doing it through presentation, and you're also learning the nuances of the Internet on how to use keywords and so on and so forth. But it is still selling. It is still selling. Yes, because customer service plays into it huge on the back end. Right. The front and actually selling it can be fairly easy. It's the back end customer service communication uh, that needs to happen if there is a slight issue with, you know, with the product, with the shipping, with whatever. Questions about can this product do this or what color is it going to be or whatever the questions come across are so huge customer service back end on doing this particular type of business and uh, i'd like to mention as as you know because of what you've been reading is that ebay is going through a transition ladies and gentlemen and they like many other things on the internet that have grown rapidly are tightening up and uh, they've dumped i don't know several thousands of sellers isn't that correct jeff yeah yeah i've posted a couple of articles uh there's, as they call it, a purge, I guess. And uh, there's a lot of uh, chatter about whether 
you know what how it is that they're doing it. There are several out there that have good ratings, good customer service ratings, and so forth that have have also been deleted. And uh, so we have to question a little bit about the the programming that's being used uh, to why some people are being purged out. But, but yes, they also are. You know, they have to do that because it is there are so much in there that. You know, they don't want to hurt their reputation by right. having a bunch of people in there that are not taking care of the customer. By the way, I did a little research on one of, I read one of those articles, and I dug a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And the poor maligned person probably had good reason to be maligned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you yeah. know, there's two sides to every story, so let's, sure. uh, you know, let's let's not go there. But, but again, Jeff, you and Bo are exhibiting the fact that both of you have, have come across ideas. You weren't afraid to try something new. Uh, Bo knows what leads are, so he tried to buy a one-penny lead. They work for Bo, and I will share this with everybody. That one-penny lead will work for you. About eight years ago, I sat on this show. I can't remember the number. Uh, I was buying inexpensive leads and doing the phone, mail, and email uh, trifecta Closing cash sales 30 to 36 percent of everybody that I contacted. Okay? And these were not expensive leads. Hey, Chuck? Yes, sir, Bo. You want to know the number one reason why people don't sign up penny leads versus that real time lead? They might cost as much as $5. What's that? They're never contacted. <laughs> The number one reason why people don't sign people up when they buy leads or sometimes even when they generate the lead themselves, mm-hmm. they're, they add that person to their chicken list subconsciously into their mind. Right. The same level of their chicken list might be their best friend that they've known for 20 or 30 or 40. Right, right, and they never, and they never talk to them. So, so you know, to me, I much would much rather talk to a complete stranger mm-hmm. who doesn't, I don't care what the outcome is because it's they they are the ones that request the information. But you're it, not. <laughs> it is my goal. It is my goal to get the information into their hands right. and and give them the ability to make a decision. Yep. If I don't call them, if I don't text them, if I don't email them, if I don't communicate with them, and you know, it might be eight times before I reach somebody. You know, I might make eight phone calls to the same list. Right. And I. And I'll eventually reach that person, and they'll be like, you know, your number kept showing up on my call already. I had to answer it. This is like the eighth time you've called over the last two weeks. And I was like, I'd have probably called you another ten times. I said, because, one, you expressed an uh, an interest in the information. Two, I have information to get into your hands for you to review. And, C, it's your choice to make a decision whether you want to do this or not. And, um, you know, it could have been a, a three cent lead or a nickel lead. It didn't matter. They have various different lead prices. You know, the penny lead was a late lead that was sixty-one to ninety days old. Oh. It either it didn't get sold, or um, you know, someone from my company didn't request the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it was a fresher lead. You know, I mentioned right. I mentioned uh, real time zero to three days old is a is a, a group that then then they have um, eleven to. 30-day-old leads, and then they have 31- to 60-day-old leads. And um, it, it breaks down, you know, the, the older the lead is, the less the price you get for it. Um, but, you know, the ability to, as I travel, I know where I'm going to end up on Thursday uh, uh, and Friday. I'm going to be looking for in that market somewhere that I can invite people out to, as you had mentioned earlier. That's what I want to emphasize to the audience, Bo. You are operating not from the seat of your pants. You're operating with a, a, a format that you know because of the way you develop. Will it work for everybody? The leads part of it will. And if you're not on the road like Bo, yes, you, you know – I don't care where you live. In the, I live in a place where nobody lives. We, there's not 100,000 people within 100 miles of me, you know, and, and I know places where the 100,000 people are down the street. So, but here in our area, there are people who are in your business that are having the same success pattern because they are following a business plan, 
and a system that they grew, listened, and learned from other people, but they're consistent and persistent with it, and they are not afraid to wrap their mind around the fact that things need to be sold. And things need to be sold by people who are willing to show others solutions to the problems that others possess. That's the whole game. And and you mentioned leads, and I want to tell you, as, as you, as most of you know, that I've, I'm now spending a few hours a day uh, back in an old company, and uh, we're spending a lot of money on leads, and and you know internet leads. We're not buying them, but we're spending a lot of money to get our name in front of the market, and people are filling out. They're they're designing online, and we get that design and. And so on. And I just want to share it with you, folks. I mean, these leads come in. These are people that have asked for information. We're not calling them cold. And it's our job to uh, answer them and ask more questions and find a solution to their problem. Well, I might, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of probably going to, you know, roast in hell for this, but uh, there was, and then we have dealers around the country. So if a lead comes from that dealer, um, I forward the lead to the dealer, but it's still my job to protect the company to follow up with the dealer, right? I mean, follow up with the lead and the dealer to make sure they're connecting. And a few of these slip through the cracks because I'm in my 70s and I don't have the best mind in the world on a daily basis. And I followed up on a young lady that I hadn't talked to in three weeks. I sent the dealer in her territory the lead six weeks ago, three weeks, five weeks ago. And I did send her an email Saturday and just follow up. Hey, how are you doing? Did you connect with so-and-so? She wrote me back. So-and-so never contacted me, and I bought another building. And when I called her up, she spent $38,000, okay? In that time frame, ladies and gentlemen. Now, shame on me, right? Where did I go wrong, Bo? You relied on somebody else to do your job. Well, no. We have an agreement that to give that to them, but what I should have done is called up within a week, within three days, did Bo get in touch with you? Because our agreement with that, that, that other person is if you don't contact a lead within 48 hours, it comes back to us. You see what I mean? I, I understood you had a, a have a, have a, a handshake agreement with that company and maybe even be in writing, but, uh, and that, that's, that's, that's kind of how I, I see these leads that are that old. If somebody else bought it new, mm-hmm. they never made a decision to buy, right. or the lead never even issued to begin with. And to mm-hmm. me, it, it didn't make a difference to me whether the lead had been called or not, or whether right. because I was going to call them anyway. There you I go. Gonna, and, I, and I did a complete test just to see, you know, what would happen if I text blast this list. Mm-hmm. You know, I had uh, 11 of the numbers were actually landline numbers. So, okay, it, I went my database. Well, both for my edification and that of many people, what is a text blast? <laughs> I no, text- don't laugh. Don't laugh, Bo. You know, we're not uh, all... <laughs> I wasn't laughing. I wasn't laughing. I was taking a breath. Okay. <laughs> uh, a text blast is, um, you know, first of all, you have email blasts, which is basically an email campaign that you send out to a, a, a list of emails. Um, and then text blasting is basically a group of cell phone numbers or a list of numbers, and I had 225 numbers. I didn't know if they were cell phones. I didn't know if they were landlines, business lines, or any of that. Um, but in the process, uh, the cell phone carrier I have, Verizon, actually will bounce back any landlines or business lines. And so I had about 11 of those of the 225 bounce back. So the majority of them were cell phone numbers because uh, that's the, the world we live in today. People use their cell phones for almost everything. And so... Um, and, and, and like I said, and I had about a about a dozen reply back stop because at the bottom of my text blast, which is the text blast is basically a message I prepared ahead of time uh, using the template with the my sales dollar application on Android, and I was able to download my or upload the CSV file into the app, and then I was able to load that list and touch one button and blast uh, that message that I prepared ahead of time through the template tool uh, in the app. And I was able to send that same message to everyone with mapping. So instead of it saying, hey, it says, hey, uh, Chuck Bartok, and then the rest of it was my message. Um, and at the bottom of my message, I put a reply stop to be removed because under the new laws they have with text blasting, 
you have to at least include that in your message, and you have to manually remove them or have a system that does it automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I before I go to blast that list again, I have to go in and basically scrub or remove those people from that database within the software application uh, on the on the you know the Android application. Uh, same thing goes for Call Fire and Phone Burner that I mentioned earlier. They have right. a way for you to go in and remove those numbers or mark them do not do not text or do not call. Right. You're calling them. So that's basically a, a, a text blast. Email blast basically works the same way. You prepare the template ahead of time. You you blast out a, a message. It's just a, it was a way for me to test the responsiveness of the list. Being that I only paid two dollars and twenty five cents for the leads, I think based on the ROI of my investment, it took me all of thirty seconds to send the list. It took me five minutes to prepare the uh, prepare the text message, and um, and then it took me about an hour to follow up with the twenty some odd people that replied back for more information. Uh, so I think it was a total of about an hour that I spent yesterday, and it resulted in uh, about four total hours of work. It was about $1,700. Well, and the other thing that's important is some of that is going to continue on. It's not a one-shot deal. Exactly. It's, which, it's, the, it's the beginning of, a, of the ripple right? Uh, of, a, of, of the rock being thrown in the pond. It's just the first little ripple. Right. And uh, th- that goes back to the restaurant analogy that I used. Um and it has a well-planned restaurant plan, a well-managed restaurant. Their primary purpose is to uh, satisfy the new customer in all ways so that that new customer becomes a return customer. So, therefore, their cost of acquisition of their business constantly reduces as time goes on. And I can remember some of the restaurants that I was involved with in Palm Springs where uh, the good restaurants, literally, a new person couldn't get in. (laughs) You know what I mean? In other words, the regular customers were so regular that you'd almost have to, somebody would have to die before you could become a new customer. And uh, believe me, uh, those restaurants were extremely profitable. You know, because they had some overheads that didn't exist for other places. So, again, what people like Bo are doing is they're providing answers to people. They're providing solutions to problems, possibly in a unique way or possibly in a very professional way, that their retention, their repeat business is going to be solid. Therefore, there's going to come a time when as when Bo's businesses are continuing. He has his own parameters. He knows where he wants to go. And, uh, you know, they, he doesn't have to share those. They're his business, personal business. But the things that he's doing is he is taking professional selling skills and applying them to a couple of diverse businesses, as is Jeff, who also sells automobiles. And, Jeff, let me ask you this question. Thank you for coming back. Do you see any uh, – uh, uh, what's the word I want to say uh, – Equality, or, or, or do you see some of the the, the same systems uh, on the car lot as you do in your eBay business? I mean, are, are there some? You know, what's the word I want, guys? You know what I'm trying to say? Similar, uh, similar, similar. similar. Uh, that works. That, that that word works. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, when it because basically on eBay, you're you're putting a picture on your advertising. Uh, the product is for sale at whatever price, and, and it's in the car business. Um, you know, there's a lot of advertising involved in that to get the customer to come and look at the product. And on eBay, you're doing the same thing. You want them to come and look at the product. And, of course, on eBay, again, it's passive selling. I'm not talking to them. I'm not trying to show them the features and benefits. You've got to let the description of the product take care of that for you. But on the on the car lot, we have to show the feature and benefits, you know, live or talking to somebody. Uh, so, you know, similarities for sure. And then, again, back-end uh, customer service, um, making sure that they're satisfied with, with that was the solution that they needed for their problem and and uh, taking care of any little bumps in the road that might come come either through that process or after the, uh, you know, after the sale. So, and therefore, you're looking for that next step of the sales process, which is the referral, uh, which we have talked about 
many times on this program as well and how important that can be as you go along. Right. It all boils down to sales, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And, 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 you know, we, we said this before. Uh, uh, there seems to be, and I, you know, I can get real political about this, there seems to be a stigma that has evolved in this country purposely to inhibit or to denigrate the sales, the professional sales image. And the reason for that is, historically speaking, the most, the people who enjoyed liberty and freedom the most were those who were in control of their own destiny. And nobody is in control of their own destiny more than a professional salesperson. Because a professional salesperson can sell many different products, many different venues. Bo Carlisle is an example. So is Jeff Beatman. Um, in, in the car business, my favorite thing in the old days was a good car salesman would be selling Fords. And a year later, he may be in a Mercedes dealership. And a year later, two years later, he may be in a Chrysler dealership. And what's interesting is his following followed him and continued to purchase automobiles from him or her, I should say, because there were some fantastic female car uh, salespersons in my life. And uh, the people really didn't care what car it was. You know, there's a lot of BS that I'm a Chevy man, I'm a Ford man. Uh, there's two things that really uh, make a choice, I believe, is the service offered and the fair, fairness of the price. Now, today, of course, everybody's focused on payments, the ease of purchase, which is important. But, you know, before it was, okay, how much is that? Well, I remember the the Lincoln Continental I bought for $9,200 out the door, brand new. That's why I bought it. I bought it because it was a hell of a, hell of a good buy on a car that was nice. I mean, it was a nice car. could have been a Cadillac, but I couldn't find a Cadillac for that price. So what difference did it make? I loved my car salesman because he went to great lengths to make sure I was in a car that he knew that I would be happy in for a price that was... Uh, what's the word I want to say? Uh, uh, acceptable. So uh, the professional salesperson, and I'm sorry, I do it all the time. Every week I'm talking about sales. No, not really. We talked about other things, marketing. We're going to go back to marketing here. But I just I, I just want to praise and, and thank all of the professional salespersons that I've had the opportunity and privilege to meet and buy from. Yeah, I buy things. And I choose who I'm going to buy him from because I like to be served. A professional salesperson operates with a servant mentality. Something else that is hard for a lot of people to wrap around. It really is. That, that's a hard thing. Because again, society says, oh my God. It's not our job to express gratitude. How many all this stuff? These poor kids on Facebook. You know, my boss sucks, and my job sucks, and all, all this and, and terrible words and so on. They don't understand that. You know, let's say they're working in a restaurant. They need a servant mentality to be sure that the customer is served properly. Consequently, they're going to make more money. And if you've ever met a professional waitress or wait person, folks, they're consummate salespeople. And there's big money to be had. I mean this. You know, people talk about incomes. There was big money to be had 30 years ago. There was big money to be had, relatively speaking, 50 years ago. The professional weight person is truly a salesperson. Do we ever think about that? What do you think, Bo? Do you think people think about that? I I think a lot of people think you know even even today that you know being a weight person is um you know or a server is what what they also refer to as as uh, being something that might even be beneath a lot of people and <laughs> and. And I and I tell people I said those that feel like it's beneath you you've never done it you yeah. know because yeah. because you know when I was uh, bartending back in college you know I used to work Thursday Friday and Saturday nights and that's how I paid my way through part of my college without yeah. having to take out student loans yeah. 
Yeah. And and as a bartender, I used to help my customers consume uh, a, a moderate amount of alcohol. Right. Um, they were of age, yeah. and I used to take home seven, eight hundred dollars a night in tips. I, I know, and that was how many? That wasn't that many years ago, was it, Bo? This was about a decade ago. Well, um, I, what I mean is. Uh, that was that's a huge amount of money. I I don't know. Maybe it isn't. I I'm so far out of touch of reality. But but you know these people talk about internet marketing and all this stuff. You know seven hundred dollars a night waiting. Now guess what? I know what you did, and I know people who are doing things like that and also developing businesses on the side. And what they're using is they're using that job to fund the growth of their business. Because they have a little hustle in their bustle. Chuck, I, I, I'm a, I've been a salesperson since I was um, <laughs> up to start mowing grass. There you go. And and the the, the catch twenty two to to me is I became a person and I became enough to care about my customers and actually what they were drinking. So I did something above and beyond with the other. There you go. What the other servers weren't going to. I didn't pour them extra alcohol and not charge them for it. I didn't do anything unethical right. as far as my company. was Actually, I actually increased the company sales by 67% right. over a, a three-year sales period or whatever. Uh, and, and I didn't know that when I was going there that I was going to have a, a contribution to that. Yep. But, um, you know, by pouring drinks more accurately and, t- and the other bartenders pouring drinks more accurately, there became a consistent in the same margarita when everybody was pouring the right amount of alcohol, it tasted the same no matter who made it. Mm. And, and we all became better bartenders because they used a simple method. A little roll of masking tape made me a fortune right. because I would write what the person was drinking on the masking tape, stick it on the bar in front of them, and masking tape doesn't actually leave a sticky residue behind. Right. So I would rip it off at the end of the night or between customers, and I never had to ask that customer, hey, what are you drinking? Right. After I just asked them when I first, what are you drinking? They told me what they wanted. I never had to ask them, would you like another Budweiser? Yeah. Or I mean, or I never asked them, would you like another beer? What are you drinking? Oh, uh, Budweiser? No, I'd say, would you like another Budweiser? Or would you like a bucket? You know, and I would always offer, you know, do you want one or do you want a bucket? And they were like, how much is a bucket? I'm like, $15 for five or one beer's $5. Right. So they would buy the bucket, you know. And so then I wouldn't have to worry about that particular customer, but I would always make sure that I popped the tops on their beers and that they didn't have to worry about, you know, being taken care of. But it was just something, one little bitty, small little minute thing, you know, I saw it as a marketing thing because now I don't have to, I don't have to ask the question a hundred times, what are you drinking all night? I can serve my customers, you know, and I can also keep track of how many, how many drinks they're consuming or whatever per hour so that they don't leave drunk. You know, because that was uh, one of the responsibilities they, you know, they hold the bartenders to. So, you know, you know, Bo, it's terrible. We're going to have to cut the show off because my wife told me I, so. But I understand. Y- y- you know, it's amazing that you and Jeff are salesmen, and you know, it's really something. You know, I've had people tell me, uh, "Well, I, Jeff, I mean, many years apart, our backgrounds, as we have shared on this program, we started the same way." You know, I just had a few years on top of you to get started. But the thing is, the reason I feel that this lifestyle was, I don't know how to say it, very easily easy for me to assimilate was I was blessed with parents and teachers that stressed the fact that when I think for myself, I own my own destiny. And that fear, the only innate fears that man possesses, each and every person born, there's only two natural fears, and that's the fear of falling and the fear of loud noise. All of the other fears that people walk around burdening themselves with are societally induced. And when you realize that you can throw the shackles of society off, and act as a person that you were intended to be uh, based on the fact of who you were born in the image and likeness of, you become, the servant mentality is easy to accept. And the servant mentality is what you base that sales profession on. The newspaper route, you know, that that wasn't my first, I guess it was the first large, I was making more money per hour 
than my father, who was an electrician in the 50s. I didn't work as many hours as he did because I didn't have to. I was going to school. But I sold newspapers. I knew that people wanted to read them, but I knew that most people weren't going to pick up the phone and call the newspaper company and do a subscription. So when I knocked on their door, I didn't say, do you want to subscribe to my newspaper? I would knock on the door and say, hi, my name is Chuck. I live in your neighborhood right around the corner. And one of the things I enjoy doing is providing people with the service of the newspaper they want to read delivered to their porch every day. Okay, I mean, I remember saying things, if not exactly like that, similar to that. Well, that's a different way to sell a newspaper. <laughs> well, it worked, Bo. I know it did. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. But, we but, know really, it but really, Bo, you know, I, and you can be critical all you want. What was I really? I, you remember what I just said? What was I do? I was I was showing a benefit, correct? Correct. Uh, there was actually an assumed close in there, wasn't there? It was. I introduced myself and told them why I'm good for them because I wasn't afraid. Exactly. Because I knew I was good. I'm talking a kid 10 years old. And I wasn't criticizing. I was actually agreeing with you. Yeah, Uh, I know that. But I mean, what I was, you know, and, and by the way, that came out of this old man's head. I did not write this down. That's very similar to the thing that I said over and over again, day by day. Because it, it, it's top of mind awareness still after all these years. Exactly. And enough of this. I didn't want to bore the audience. It was Jeff and uh, uh, Jeff and Bo that I wanted everybody to listen to. And I, I'm very, uh, I, I congratulate the both of you for taking a few new steps. I love the fact that Bo and Jeff both mentioned that they were testing. You can never stop testing methods. You can never stop testing. There is no absolute one way. But the only thing I know that's true is if you provide a solution to people that have a problem, who want to solve their problem, see, I'm predicating all these, selling is the easiest thing in the world. What you have to do is realize what it is you enjoy selling, you know, what you feel comfortable. I This idea, well, you can sell anything. Hey, you know, no, there's some things I'm sorry I won't sell. There was opportunities that I had. I looked at companies. They made me huge offers because of reputation. And I said, your product doesn't turn me on. <laughs> it has to do that. <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't turn me on, I ain't going to talk about it. Well, you realize you can make $20,000 per unit. I don't give a crap. I'd rather sell one that I make $200 a unit on. Because making money in sales is not difficult. What's important is to enjoy what you're doing and do it damn well. And we all have that ability should we want to do it. And if anybody wants to learn how to sell, they can get in touch with me, chuckbartok at gmail.com. I work with people one-on-one. Years past, I used to do, you know, 100 people in the room for three days. I don't do that anymore. I'm sorry. I don't like to fly. And where I live, there isn't that many people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, this program, there's 285 episodes, ladies and gentlemen, with pearls of wisdom from people like Bo and Jeff and countless hundreds of others who have joined us on these calls who are skilled in the areas of growing a business, selling, and marketing. Tell your friends about the program. If you listen for the first time today, tomorrow, in the future, it's free. If you give me a call, I'm not going to start the clock. I'll be more than happy to do a half-hour business evaluation to find out where you're going, where you want to go. If you would like to use my services in the future, that's fine, too. Some of them cost money. Uh, I'm sorry. It's terrible. You know, there's people who pay me a considerable amount of money each and every month just to be there for them when they need me. And there's some that uh, might buy a product for a hundred bucks and be done with it. That's you know, it's I'm just like everybody else. 
Anyway, thank you very much, Jeff, and uh, guest seven and eight and six and five. It might have been the same person. Uh, neither of them typed in who they are and where they're from, but uh, we always like to give people credit for joining us, and we really appreciate uh, people joining us. Uh, next week, we're going to kind of deviate away from the selling and get back into some marketing ideas, which, by the way, are very similar to what Jeff was talking about and Bo today. Marketing and sales, are they different? That's what we're going to talk about. What's the difference between marketing and selling? Uh, I have my theory on that, and if anybody else does, uh, join us next week. This is Chuck Bartok speaking to you from the banks of the Sacramento River. Uh, very appreciative of those that have joined us, Jeff and Guest 8 and Bo, and whoever listens tomorrow and the next day. Share it with your friends. Uh, all these are free downloads. You can listen to them when you're driving across country. Uh, we'll be back again next week, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Go out tomorrow and have a great day, folks, because there is no alternative. Thank you all very much. Good night. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.